0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Breath of the Wild won't let you pet a dog, but Hyperkin will let you pet the pupper in your Joy-Con grip. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you tonight. We are going to be talking about uh, the news from the week, including a Nintendo patent for some kind of walking device. And surprise, surprise, we're going to talk about Capcom a little bit. And then on Thursday, we're going to be coming back to discuss the Champions Ballad DLC for Zelda Breath of the Wild. But first Mark, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I had a little bit of a scare earlier this evening. Tell me about this. Uh I was eating a salad for dinner and I thought I was eating it, eating it with uh ranch dressing. Mm, mhm. Blue cheese. Oh man. Yeah. Have I ever Without told- warning.
0: Right, right. That's that's horrifying. Yeah. Have I ever told you my like scariest food substitution story
1: oh no i don't think you have in
0: high school my friends and i we, we used to hang out at a uh, sunshine family restaurant it's like an old diner right um and we were there on my birthday uh and they brought out an ice cream sundae with you know whipped cream and chocolate sauce and a candle on top of it Happy birthday to you. Put it down in front of me. I'm like, oh, you guys. I blow out the candle. I take a spoon, dig into the ice cream. Oh, no. Take a bite. It's mashed potatoes. (laughs) It's a hot bowl of mashed potatoes (laughs) covered in whipped cream and chocolate sauce. And it's hot. Like, it's so you're expecting. Also, they did it on purpose. Yeah. As a joke? Yeah. My friends were like, bring him this. It'll be funny. And it was. <laughs> it's a story that I tell, like, 20 years later. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's nothing quite like putting something in your mouth and expecting one thing and it turning out to be another. It's a nightmare. I'm sorry for your loss, Mark. <laughs> weather today, Uh, it's fine. I have very little, I have very few things to say about the <laughs> yeah, weather. Yeah,
1: I don't really have much to say either. It was pleasant. It was pleasant. I rode my bike today. It was... Uh, it was fine. We were cornholing at work, and it was really nice. Oh. Spend a little time outside. Yeah. That's nice. You could do that inside, right? Yeah, sure, if you have, like, large enough space. Mm-hmm. Like a conference room where
0: you've taken the table out? <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, our guest weather today is Big Bear Lake, California. Uh, at the time of this record, it is 35 degrees. Seems like it's going to be hovering in the 35 to 50 range uh, throughout the course of the week. Um which is nice maybe even a little on the warm side can't get snow to stick yeah right?
1: oh yeah good point i mean to me this is very cold right but, but like, yeah
0: big bear's part of big bear's economy is based on the the skiing i would guess uh so yeah
1: so yeah big ups to big bear
0: big ups to big bear
1: now why are we talking about big bear specifically patrick
0: well because my copy of sonic forces just got back from there um and we got a letter from our listener Chris, who borrowed the game, uh, and he, he had a lot of things to say about it. Needless to say,
1: Chris is not really a fan of this game. No, but big ups to Chris. Big ups to Chris. For returning your co- copy of Sonic Forces.
0: Yeah, it, this thing has not been stolen from me yet.
1: And uh-huh. for including like a well-written, yes. well-thought-out, well-reasoned, well-reasoned yes. <laughs> argument against the existence of Sonic Forces.
0: Uh, right, and we just wanted to pull a, a quick uh, little excerpt here. Chris writes, I am sad to see how far Sonic has fallen. Earlier this year, the Big Blue had a fantastic return to his roots with Sonic Mania, a fun romp going through Sonic's best moments. It's just sad to see Sonic struggle when other franchises have come back. Maybe, just maybe, we will see Sonic rise again. But until then, I will fire up my Sega Genesis when I need my Sonic fix. Thanks again for the loner and keep up the good work. Hey, man, we can always go back to Sonic
1: Mania, right? Right. And they've got to be making a Sonic Mania, too. Why would you not? That game, was, I think, was very successful for them.
0: Okay, but I, that's, I don't think you can apply like uh, logic or reason to... This letter, well-reasoned. Sonic Team's like development strategy? Yeah, not, not well-reasoned. No, no. Is. A good Sonic game is, is an anomaly. We just have to be thankful for it when we see it. But if you would like to give Sonic Forces a spin, you are more than welcome to Yeah, you should. It. Uh, you should write in to us with your address. I will mail it to you in a return envelope that
1: comes right back to me this whenever you're done with you it. This costs you nothing. It
0: costs you nothing. Sets me back about
1: $9. <laughs> uh, all, yeah, you're... It's basically like Patrick giving you $9.
0: It basically, plus a copy of Sonic Forces for the time being, or forever if you want to stiff me on it. Please don't stiff me on it. Yeah. Please all, don't steal from me. No.
1: All we ask... You know, you, like, send us a note, like Chris did. Yeah, just um, let us fill know. Fill out, like, you know, the form that comes along with it.
0: That's right. That's you've... Okay. S- spoiler now, there's a little bit of a Oh, form. was it a secret? It was yeah. a little bit of a secret. Okay, I wasn't telling anyone. There's a little bit of homework there. Yeah. Uh, but send your uh, physical address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And I'll get that right out to you. Um, Mark, what have you been
1: playing this week? Uh, I've been playing Breath of the Wild Champions Ballad, the second DLC pack mm-hmm. it, for
0: The Legend of Zelda, as have I. Uh, obviously in preparation for our episode on Thursday, so we won't uh dwell on that um right now. Um, I've also been playing Ukulele, which I had skipped uh when it came out on other platforms because I was like, oh, I'll wait until that's on. I think at the time I was like, I'll wait until that's on Wii U, and then I was like, No, now wait for it to be on Switch um and i don't know if it was worth my uh time or money to pick up um the it's for better and worse uh, exactly what you think it is it is another banjo kazooie game with different characters um and like the the music has that same sort of charm the characters have that design which is alternately charming and tiring um and i don't know the, the the levels that i've encountered so far feel a little like uh i don't know they they're almost like sparse and dense at the same time if that makes sense where like i walk into a space and i can it's like a cluttered space but i can't immediately tell it doesn't have that uh you know genius discoverability of um uh, Zelda or uh, Mario, right? Um, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey. respectively. I mean, that's a high bar. I know it is, but like, that's that's what I'm used to playing at, at uh, right now. You know, um, so like, I just I'm not as naturally led to um, interesting objectives as I was uh, playing those other games. But I, I'm I'm going to give it a shot. I've got a, a trip up to Northern California coming up, um, so you know there'll be some plane rides in there that I can sink into playing some ukulele.
1: So. I mean, uh, having not played ukulele like mm-hmm. even a second of it, do you think that the, cre- the creators? I mean, they're kind of in the rock and a hard place where it was a kick's- It was a game that I think was like crowdfunded. Yeah, or at least some yeah, of it was it. it
0: was kickstarted to begin with. Yeah,
1: and uh, you know, like these were the people who made Banjo Kazooie, right? And so- and they're promising a Banjo Kazooie like game, and it is that. Yes. So, do you think it's just that those mechanics have not aged well in the modern era? Like, mm-hmm. if there was a Ukulele Two, would you want to see them, uh, e- like a good remake of a game? Yeah, I from mean, previous uh, generations where it's like it's the game we remember, not the game that actually existed. Right.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, it, it is, you know, it suffers from the like kind of collectorama, uh, thing that those games suffered from, and that Donkey Kong sixty four suffered from. Um and that modern Donkey Kong country games suffer from. Um but like Yeah, I I think would possibly with just more careful like level design and just more of a focus on making the levels themselves interesting rather than like, you know, collecting because you want to when I'm playing Zelda, right, and I'm collecting Korok seeds, I'm not doing it because I want to like see those numbers go up or even really because i need the extra inventory spaces i'm doing it because the world is inherently engaging and then it's rewarding me for engaging in something that i find interesting um and i think that this game so f- so far for me doesn't have that so i would love to see um a more uh just with with the lessons learned from um breath of the wild and odyssey uh, applied to this
1: i think it's that it, it, that easy for me. Now let me ask you a question related to ukulele. Mm. When's the last time you played Animal Crossing Pocket Camp?
0: Ooh, been a little bit. Um you? Have you been playing? No, it's really fallen out of my routine. Yeah. I mean and I, I think that, that it as long as it is part of a routine, then it's very easy and very fun to like pop back in and like do a couple things. But like you put it down for like two or three days and then it's like
1: the idea of getting back into it. I I think you're right. Like, once I opened it up, I would engage with it and I'd have the fine enough time. But it it just feels very, like, needy. Yeah. And, like, fussy, not in, like, a fun way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to, like, remember what you were doing. Yeah. I mean, there's a fine line. Look, mobile games occupy a weird space in my brain where, like, for the most part, I don't think about them, I don't play them. I don't know when people play mobile games. Like, do you just play it on the can? Do you play it when you would normally be, like, scrolling through Twitter? Like, how much brain power and how frequently should I be doing it? How much time do I need to commit each time I'm, I'm there?
1: And I wonder if this is just, like, a failure of... Uh... Of mine? No, 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 no. <laughs> Of us as, like, uh, yes. a collective, mm-hmm. as, like, a duo that our brains work very similarly in this way. Mm. Um. Like, I, because, yeah, I don't, I don't use any of my mobile devices, my tablet, phone, whatever, for gaming. Yeah. I just don't. It's just not what I use them for. Yeah. And, uh, we might yeah. just be old.
0: I think it's a, it could be a function of us being old men. Yeah.
1: We are, although uh, maybe not Crumbling old. to dust. We
0: are. It's true. We are, we have giant beards <laughs> that reach down to our knees. <laughs> um, but uh, we are also perhaps too young as well because like i think about you know um my mother will play like candy crush on her phone or like uh sarah's dad will play games on his phone so like maybe there's just a a weird little sweet spot here of like the um aged up millennials that uh just can't do it for whatever reason. Yeah,
1: we're the wrong age. We're the
0: wrong age, Mark. Uh, All right, that's what we've been playing this week and what we have not been playing this week. Um, Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week.
1: Before we get into new releases, if we started talking about games we haven't been playing, that would be a very long segment every week.
0: Snake Pass. Haven't picked it back <laughs> Haven't up. Haven't been playing it. Uh, uh,
1: Metal Gear Solid Three. Haven't been playing it this week.
0: Yeah, that's a good game though. <laughs> Let's talk about Metal Gear Solid Three <laughs> no. for a little bit.
1: Oh God, it is
0: on not three- on the agenda. It is on the 3DS though, so it
1: does. Oh, you're right. So it counts that does, and it does count. It we cannot could have be a future 433 topic. Uh new releases for the week. It's it's slow. It's like the week before Christmas. Not right. a whole lot coming out. We think, you know, this uh, this segment is always in flux. There's some gray area here. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Right. Uh, December 19th today. There's uh, three Switch eShop games coming out. Brawlout is one of them. I would say that's probably the biggest release today. No Brawl. offense to crawl or Dragon Fang Z.
0: Yeah, and Brawlout is. Um, I think we discussed this a little bit when I w- uh, talked about Brawlhalla last week.
1: Yes, um, which is not Brawlout.
0: Which is not Brawlout. Brawlout is so both of those games are Smash Brothers like games, um, from independent studios. Uh, Brawlout is the one that features um, guest characters from other indie games, uh, including Juan from Gu- Guacamelee, who is maybe the only one I care about. Um, but I don't know, Mark. You know, we've we've. Recorded two different conversations about uh hypothetical Smash Brothers thing. We
1: love Smash.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's... We've I think
1: we've done three. Or we've done three Smash Brothers. We did a draft. Yeah. We did... Uh, we
0: updated characters. Oh,
1: maybe that's it. Maybe just those two. <laughs> yeah. Just two.
0: Right. Um, so it seems like we have a Smash Brothers-shaped hole in our lives. Uh-huh. Um, do you think that we're going to plug it with this
1: game at all? Uh, not me personally. Mm-hmm. Part of that, and mm, I could maybe be swayed depending on what the reviews are like. Sure. I just remember, what was that called? PlayStation All-Stars? Battle Royale, yeah. Yeah, okay. So there's these, like, Smash-like games. Mm -hmm. And just like many other Nintendo franchise-like games, they can still be very good, but they're not the same. And I need the real thing. Right, right, right. You don't want... Sonic and Sega
0: All-Stars team racing, which you want Mario Kart.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah.
0: But I will maintain that uh, Mod Nation Racers on the PlayStation 3, excellent kart game. As good as any Mario Kart.
1: And I like, I believe that. Okay.
0: <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think the, the Smash formula is, is a little bit harder to emulate for whatever reason. Um, All-Stars is the only one that's even tried, um, which is weird. Uh, and that they did the exact same thing of, like, oh, yeah, it, it has to be, the roster has to be all of, like, the flagship characters on this platform, which, like, I guess that's part of the appeal of Smash, but, like, it's weird that the gameplay goes with that, like, aesthetic choice as well. Um, also, this is just popping into my head, Uh, the working title for that game was Title Fight, which I think is so much better. That's really
1: funny. Title Fight, isn't that good? Yeah, that's really good. And then on Thursday, December 21st is Tiny Metal, we think. I'm pretty sure. I was looking at it earlier today. Yeah. I feel pretty confident it is coming out on Switch on the 21st.
0: Right. So this is a game that I saw demoed at PSX. Um, They were running it on PlayStation 4s, but uh, it is also coming to the Switch. The game was originally set for release on November 21st and then was delayed a month, which brings us now to December 21st. But you know who know? Who knows? Yeah, who knows who if knows? it actually comes out.: Yeah, um, I did get a little piece of uh, swag from Tiny Metal at PSX, which was uh, a little building block that so you could make a, a, a tiny metal tank with, and I put it together this weekend. So I guess that's a thing I, w- I played this week. <laughs> um, took a long time for me to put it together. That's all. <laughs> all right, uh, let's let's move out to the new releases here. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece... Today, Mark, we are going to be talking about salad dressing. Now, I know why this is on your mind, because you just had a harrowing salad dressing experience. Um,
1: What's your go-to?
0: So, I'm not much of a dressing guy.
1: Is this a uh, something that has happened as an adult, or mm-hmm. were, have you always been not really a dressing person? I
0: have always not really been a dressing person. Oh, wow. Um, I am happy to taste a carrot to taste the cucumber even to taste lettuce for me suddenly having like a a tangy or creamy or sweet taste like stapled onto those things is confusing and i don't like it
1: wow i don't understand it but i can respect that
0: thank you there's a there's a purity to it if i have to choose a dressing Uh uh-huh i'm in some kind of weird world where like i can't say no dressing or just on the side and then don't eat it um I will usually go for, like, uh, a balsamic and, like, you know, oil or, like, a uh, an Italian, um, usually something lighter, occasionally a ranch if I'm feeling indulgent. Um, but by the time I put ranch on a salad, I don't feel like
1: I'm eating salad. So, Patrick, 10 years old. Yeah. He's eating salad. Right. What What's going on there? It's just dry? It's just dry, yeah. As a 10-year-old? Yeah. You're, like, cramming down dry salad. How do yeah. you get it down your gullet? I, why me? I chew. I I
0: eat it the way I eat the rest of food. I'm not. I don't like throw my um, head back and choke it down like a duck.
1: I eat it like it's food. I don't know. You're like one of the only people I've met who uh doesn't doesn't use salad dressing. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, we we have a couple salad dressings in uh my refrigerator. I you know Sarah will uh, enjoy salad dressing. And occasionally I will put some on, but it is, it is my my default is no dressing.
1: So celery, let's say they're celery sticks. Yeah, you just go in straight celery. What about Wait, peanut butter? Well,
0: I, I don't understand the question. So that's different. Uh, if I'm having
1: a well, first of all, any excuse to eat peanut butter, I'll I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> peanut butter is delicious. I that that's not directed at you. Oh, okay. that's just directed at any <laughs> peanut butter naysayers of, <laughs> out there. <laughs>
0: Have you been coming up against a lot of that? <laughs> kind of nightmare world do you live in mark oh <laughs> uh, what 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 about you what what's what's your go to
1: first se- yeah ranch oh yeah which uh i learned is one of uh you know like is a very very stereotypical american thing yes absolutely and so other countries when they're doing like i'm an american i want
0: some ranch <laughs> yes yeah,
1: yeah that's their like go-to and uh, I get it.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it's we're we're big, fat, and dumb, and <laughs> that's,
1: that's <laughs> can't argue with that. We want our ranch. Um, the w- interesting thing, and yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say this is interesting. Yeah, why is not? I only really like it on with vegetables. Like, I don't, I don't want to dip my chicken wings in it. Oh, see, now that is interesting because
0: when I I do like ranch as a dipping sauce. Okay. Um. And I, I like, I like dipping sauces. I think that's fun. I like to, even if I've got something that you're like, mm, maybe you don't need to dip that. That's already pizza. Like, I'll dip a slice of pizza in like a little thing of ranch. That's good. Oh yeah.
1: See, I want more marinara, which doesn't make any sense. There's it's already like, marinara <laughs> on there's it. There's already Mark. sometimes too much. Yes. But then if there's like a little, uh, uh, like condiment container mm-hmm. of marinara, I'll be like. Yeah, I'll dip my pizza in more marinara.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. There's something about having it on the other side of the cheese that's very appealing. And yeah. like a nice cold marinara. And like on, on like, the like, a bread itself. Side. What's that? And on like the crust itself. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that that's a home run too. Now
1: we're straying dangerously far from dressings. Yes. But what are your feelings on mustard?
0: Oh no mustard mustard's not for me. Here's the thing. Um I lived in Chicago for many years uh and I I don't like I don't really like mustard and I really don't like uh crappy mustard, right? Like the kind of mustard like condiment yellow mustard. I I really don't like. Um but living in Chicago, you have to get uh mustard on on a hot dog. Otherwise you're you will be ridiculed. I've been made fun of after placing an order for a hot dog from the staff
1: who I'm about to pay for the food for like getting ketchup on it or whatever. Is it for one of those quote-unquote fun places where they're mean to you?
0: No I mean they are mean to me but it's not fun.
1: (laughs) Well we'll never know for sure. We will in fact never know for
0: sure. We were accompanied today by pianist Armin Fuchs. Armin Fuchs. All right Mark let's get let's get out of this segment. And into the news.
1: Yeah, kind of. Uh, we're going to start off here with some Breath of the Wild stuff. Cool. Uh, thematically appropriate for our episode on Thursday, talking about the Champions Ballad. It's an all Breath of the Wild week. So, in an interview with IGN, director, uh, why don't you take a shot at this? Hidemaro Fujibayashi. And producer. That's Anuma. Yep. EJ Anuma. Uh, discussed their plans to provide future content to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, Fujibayashi. Biyashi, mm-hmm. uh, said quote i can't say at this point if it if it will be in sequels or in continuations or what form it will take but i definitely have lots of ideas and lots of motivation right now i think while we were working on both the main game and the dlc it was a process of constantly getting lots of different new ideas as we, we refine the game and finding new ways with new things we wanted to do
0: Okay, so uh, I think first interesting thing to pull from this is that uh, he says he doesn't know what form it will take, be it sequels or continuous. Um, that's interesting to me, the the idea that they may just do a sequel, either like in this engine or like in Hyrule a- as it is uh, presently. Or... Yeah,
1: like in a way, it kind of reminds me of obviously uh, Ocarina of Time in yeah, Majora's Mask, yeah. but mm-hmm. also super mario galaxy and super mario galaxy 2 yeah. which was a rare direct sequel to a 3d mario game yeah and it kind of came about because they had so many unused ideas and they already had like the mechanics and the engine figured out so they were able to just roll straight into right kind they of just, like expanding on what they had already done they just needed to build a yoshi that's it. Yeah, exactly. That's all they needed. <laughs> and they made a second great game that's like as good as the first. Also, don't think that I didn't just hear you burp. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought we could roll right yeah, past. Yeah, no, it. you tried.
1: <laughs> I apologize.
0: <laughs> I just got so excited <laughs> talking about Mario.
1: Um, so yeah, I would I would be very interested obviously in a a direct sequel mm-hmm. or not a direct sequel but like a ocarina majora's mask type situation where they yeah. take those mechanics and then kind of uh subvert them or turn them on their head yeah
0: just take i mean the, the play thing, with it a little bit yeah i mean the thing that's so like fundamental to the way breath of the wild works is that it, it's like all about exploration right the whole game is really just you building up your confidence with your relationship with the space right um and the you know like the kind of transition from uh ocarina to majora's mask is they change the space um so i wonder if like if you change hyrule like if if we get you know the same engine same graphics whatever but we're in termina you know or just like another location maybe the island of koholint from uh links awakening um does that like, does changing the location fundamentally change like the nature of the game? It, like, it, it's it's all very interesting to me. What what that could be?
1: Yeah, I think the possibility. One of the really cool things about this uh, kind of like new version of Zelda is that the possibilities seem endless. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, one of the small complaints we all have about Breath we, of the Wild, yeah, we all have it, is that you cannot pet the good dogs, right? There are, there are so many good boys.
0: There are many good boys in this game, none of which can be pet. No.
1: Uh, and uh, Fuji B- Bayashi responds directly to this in IGN's interview, because it's brought up by uh, Andrew Goldfarb. Yep, and do, doing the Lord's work, yeah. Goldfarb. Good work. <laughs> and Fuji Bayashi says... Even in situations like this, talking to people and finding out that people want to pet dogs gives me a lot of motivation, a lot of ideas for things we could put into the game. Um, he explains that the reason it's not in there is because it's like one—it's a specific verb. You know, it's basically like mm-hmm. you would have one use, which yeah. is to pet the, the dog. dog. right? And pet is like a whole nother verb you know that they would have to add to the collection of like verbs in the game right and And then you would have to
0: like possibly have the option to pet other uh like living creatures in the game yeah people and enemies and
1: whatever and like it, it seems like one of the probably most difficult parts of game design is like curating the list of like things you are able to do yeah and paring that down to like the bare minimum and so petting the dog just what, you know, just doesn't fit into that.
0: Right. It would be, it's too constricting of a, uh, a, of an action. So like, instead of being, you can drop an apple anywhere, right? And if you do it in front of a horse, the horse will be happy and eat it. The dog will be happy and eat it. You'll distract something, whatever. Um, but like, yeah, if pet is just for dogs, I mean, but just pet for dogs is very
1: good. <laughs> That's a very good You know, action. I mean, it's, it's a dream for whatever continuation of Breath of the Wild. That's right uh we see and then we got to go back and patch that into mario so you can pet <laughs> that dog too yeah at least you can pay, you can play fetch with that dog that's true sometimes even when you don't want to <laughs> it just starts running after your head uh but one of the things that they mentioned that you know they tested with and eventually discarded for this game but might show up eventually is having dual hook shock hook shots Pretty cool. Yeah, so you could like basically swing around like uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a direct quote from uh, Aonuma, by the way, is uh, go anywhere like Spider-Man, <laughs> which is awesome. But they eventually removed it just because it completely broke, like the climbing mechanic and things like that.
0: Right, which is another, you know, that's one of the ways that the game actually like, gates you from being able to explore uh, everything boundlessly from the get-go is you need to get better climbing ability either through Clothes or food or just leveling up your stamina, um, and yeah, if you can just Spider-Man everywhere, then that kind of that does kind of break it. But man, dual hook shots is the only game that has the dual hook shots. Uh, Twilight Princess,
1: as I think Skyward
0: so. Sword might, but who would ever who know? Knows? Who would ever know? Yeah. Someone would have to play that game.
1: <laughs> Certainly not us. Uh, the Nintendo Switch continues to sell incredibly well. Uh, December twelfth. Press release from the company stated that the system has sold 10 million units worldwide. Ooh. And uh, they referred to 2017 as record breaking, and they see that momentum continuing into 2018. Um, a year that we don't really know that much about, but uh, they cite a few games that are coming out early in the year, presumably, in mm-hmm. Kirby, including Kirby Star Allies, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2, the untitled Yoshi game Wolfenstein 2, Meg 11, that's coming a little later in the year. King, King of Cards and Runner 3. Oh, uh, the sh- King of Cards is the Shovel Knight.
0: Yeah. Um, and they also mention uh, Project o- Octopath Traveler. So there's uh, it's, it's a good spread of um, like Nintendo developed games and the kind of like bigger third party um, releases and then a- also just a, a quick sampling of, of the indies in there too with Shovel Knight and Runner 3. Yeah,
1: and I don't th- I'd like, I'm Thinking the majority of these titles are like first quarter. Oh yeah, uh, twenty eighteen because, yeah, I I don't think that they would be releasing things at the pace they're releasing things in twenty seventeen if their twenty eighteen didn't look stacked. Why put Xenoblade Chronicles in December? Yeah, if your twenty eighteen looks weak, uh, why release the Champions Ballad mm-hmm. in December if your twenty eighteen if you, it looks questionable you know we we think there's a fire emblem game coming zelda's for a while been basically a yearly series and we haven't seen one of those like 3ds yeah ds style you know like throwback zeldas in a while right since uh um
0: i mean unless you want to count triforce heroes yeah but like a link between worlds
1: yeah um so I, I think there's a lot of, you know, Animal Crossing, Pikmin. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for mm-hmm. 2018 to be a very exciting year.
0: What's, uh, what's interesting about uh, 2018 and just, like, Nintendo games going forward is I don't think we've seen any of the, like, smaller scale Nintendo projects yet. Um, we haven't seen any of the kind of games that would have been on 3DS come to this system yet and we haven't seen any like captain toads or anything like that like everything that we've seen from nintendo has been like the big release stuff um and so i i mean i'm I'm really eager to see like those sorts of smaller like not blow you away titles um actually come out
1: uh and like start taking up space on on the system and they've been talking a lot about new ips yeah you know i correct me if i'm wrong but it is the only new ip we've seen so far not only but uh not in a disappointing way but arms
0: yeah from nintendo from nintendo and le- if you want to count one two switch right yeah which i don't and right. so <laughs> uh
1: i think it'll you know yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting to see what that means as well right Where's my WarioWare game? <laughs> Please, I would love it. I would love for rhythm Heaven to still be a thing. Oh man, can you, you know?
0: imagine taking that? Like that would be a good thing to take to a party. Like and actually have people play. Yeah, it'd be
1: awesome. That'd be so fun. Uh, all right, let's get into the Capcom news because you knew you knew it was coming. Yeah, you knew what you
0: got. You knew what you were gonna get.
1: Yeah. When you signed yeah. up, yeah. And so now you're getting it. Uh, in an <laughs> interview with Game Informer, Mega Man 11 director uh, Kohi Oda. Said that Capcom is quote well aware that there is demand out there for new Mega Man Legends and Mega Man Battle Network games. Patrick, explain to me what Mega Man Legends and Mega Man Battle Network are.
0: Mega Man Legends, there were two of these games. They were like three D, um, like role playing games, kind of not uh not menu based, but um, but just like, like action RPG. Yeah, a little bit like a uh, a little bit um, Ocarina of Timey. Oh, Um, but not I mean, they're they're held in high regard and include some characters that have appeared in like other um, Capcom stuff uh, going forward. But like, I I don't know. And the Mega Man Legends 3 was in development for a while. And then like during the uh, 25th anniversary year of the Mega Man franchise, Capcom nixed it. Oh, yes, I remember. Um,
1: Wait, so are are these like PS2 era games?
0: Yeah, I think the first one is a PS1 era game. Um and yeah, and then there was the one sequel and the misadventures of uh Tron Bon. Tron Bone maybe is the character's name. Um she's a character from the uh Mega Man Legends games. It's it supposed to be a pun on like Trombone. I mean probably a lot of the oh, Mega sure, Man like good Rock guys. Man and stuff yeah, he like he's, he's yeah. Rockman. Uh his uh female counterpart is named Roll, so they're rock and roll. Um yeah, uh, uh Bass and Treble are Mega Man allies. Um so yeah, there there's a lot of, of music puns there. So she just continues that tradition. Um and then Mega Man Battle Network is another RPG. Um this one is like a, a menu based combat thing and it all takes place like w- in the digital realm. Like instead of robots, they're like programs that do battle with each other. Um Neither of these uh, series are series that I have uh, really been into, but um, it's it's just interesting to note that um, the higher ups at Capcom are like, oh yeah, we gotta pay attention to Mega Man for a little bit now.
1: Uh, are those titles that have they been on Nintendo platforms before, or were they mostly like?
0: Yeah, so Mega Man Legends, I believe, on the Nintendo sixty four was called Mega Man sixty four, um, and the Battle Network games. I believe have only been on uh, DS and 3DS. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Because the
1: reason I asked mm. is that uh, CEO Haruhiro uh, Sujimoto mm-hmm. teased future Capcom Switch support from the uh, telling Nikkei that they're interested in porting games to the system that weren't previously available on Nintendo platform.
0: So that I, I think that would apply to the Misadventures of uh,
1: Trombone uh, <laughs> and and Legends too. Uh and also immediately my mind goes to Resident Evil 5 and mm. 6. Mm. And 7? Yeah, and 7. Why not? Um even if you know 7 we can consider
0: like a a current game and not like a, an an old game being ported to Switch. Um would you play 5 and or 6? I'm talking about Resident Evil now. Um if it they were ported over to Switch.
1: Yeah, totally. I I don't I don't hate 5. Yeah. Um I think it's especially in co-op I think yeah. it's super fun. Um and I think that was a really like fun mechanic to put into a Resident Evil game and to have it work as well as it did. Yeah, for sure. Uh I'm curious about six. So yeah, throw like both of those in for a I don't know, like forty, fifty dollar port job and I would totally buy that. Yeah, give us a good port job. Yeah. Uh Nintendo has filed a patent for a passive walking device and passive walking module uh So (laughs) I love it. Drawings that accompanied the patent look like some sort of, like, bipedal walking robot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, crazy patents are out there all the time. Yes, but Mm -hmm. I like to think this is like the a quality of life product that they've been working on. What do okay? You know how they had that the like quality of life initiative? Yeah, yeah. You know they they had the uh vitality sensor. The vitality
0: sensor. Yes, thank you. Um. I'm hoping that this is like next generation uh
1: rob the robot.
0: <laughs> that you get a little robot friend to walk around your apartment.
1: Yeah, but can it can it be like big enough to just like pick me up so I don't have to walk myself?
0: Oh, so we're we're talking like real quality of life stuff. <laughs> yeah. Where you don't even have to get up anymore. Right. Here's the thing. If I have a little Nintendo robot who will like go to the fridge for me and get me another beer while uh-huh. I'm playing. I I mean then Nintendo becomes the best video game company ever. Now, right?
1: that's the quality of life we're talking mm-hmm. about. Freeze frame and then credit scroll. Right. Uh Pokemon Crystal is releasing January twenty sixth, twenty eighteen on the three DS eShop. So good job everybody that bought Pokemon Gold and Silver. Because yes. now the third version's coming out. So and thank that's, you.
0: That's what Crystal is, is Crystal is the, the like third sort of mutant version of the other two. Yes. Okay.
1: Great. Uh, Speaking of a mutant version of the other two, Eurogamer uh, did a little follow-up report on the rumored Pokemon Stars. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're saying that it did actually exist. It was more than just a tech demo. It was to be an expanded version of Pokemon Sun and Moon, but that as the Switch became more and more successful, uh, Pokemon title this year was deemed unnecessary. And Nintendo wanted to continue to support the three D S this year. So having the Ultra Titles, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon which released last month ensured a temple holiday release. Finally, uh, while Stars was being planned during development of Sun and Moon, it wasn't obviously like a big leap that right. we would necessarily expect from Pokemon being on uh such powerful hardware for the first time. Right. And uh, so so wait, saying, wait, like the sum of all these things is mm-hmm. what led it to be canceled.
0: So, but it would have been a 3DS game or no, a, no, no, no. no. A, it it would have been, been a Switch, Switch t- game. Yes. Okay, yeah, I see. And so they said no, no, no. We can't, we can't do this because it's got to be so much. It's got to be a bigger, more polished
1: thing so to it, appear on the. Uh, it seemed like the Eurogamer was saying that it was a combination of all these factors. Got it. Right, and so they were like, uh, we could do this, but you know maybe if we're releasing on the switch or you know like a home console for the first time that it should be less of an iterative step and more of like a um major change now like the timeline of all of this is kind of fuzzy to me because uh they would have had to start development of ultra sun and ultra moon before the launch of the switch so the idea that they you know like as the switch was Coming super successful. That's when they decided. I, you know, so yeah, I I don't exactly know know how it works out, but interesting to know that it was a real thing.
0: And also, like, is how out of the loop was Nintendo keeping Game Freak regarding their new hardware? Like,
1: right? Yeah. Well, it seems like from comments Game Freak has made Mm. that they didn't think the Switch was going to be successful. Right. That they saw the Switch, so they probably saw it fairly early and were like, Nah, no thanks. We're not going to put that much like effort into it seemingly right
0: it's so weird like they obviously have such a symbiotic relationship with nintendo hardware and specifically with nintendo like handheld hardware what when nintendo was like here's the switch here's the next thing we're gonna do do you think what like what was there was there thinking like nah we're just gonna keep supporting the 3ds and when our game buoys the 3ds through like another couple years expect nintendo to abandon the switch like, I guess I, I guess I just don't know, like, what their... Why isn't Game, game Freak's strategy just, like, we will support everything as, as hard as we can?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their long-term game plan would be. Maybe they thought if the Switch wasn't successful that... And there actually have been reports to this effect that, that Nintendo was working on a basically, like, traditional follow-up oh, to yeah. the 3DS. You know, hedging their bets a little bit like they mm-hmm. did when the DS launched. You know they were all about that third pillar. Third pillar, baby. And so it makes sense. You know, the Game Boy still lives. You know, like Nintendo wouldn't put necessarily all their energy into the Switch, and then if the Switch failed, Mm -hmm. had nothing planned. The 3DS has sold like what seventy million units worldwide. So there's definitely, uh, yeah. So I think they were anticipating if the Switch doesn't take off like we thought it would, we would have a 3DS successor that we can release, and Pokemon could continue on that probably.
0: Do you I know we're getting a little bit uh, off track here, but do you think there is a a uh like designated handheld 3DS successor in the works right now?
1: No, I I I would be I would be very surprised. I would too. Right? Like uh the Switch kind of uh fills that niche. Yeah. Yeah. I I would I would be surprised. Yeah, me too. Uh ARMS version five is coming sometime this year. Yeah. Nintendo uh premiered a teaser trailer on their Twitter account over the weekend. Shows off a mysterious new character and a stage and man, that's just another big thing to drop in the next what like week and a half, two weeks?
0: Yeah, I mean it's amazing how quickly Nintendo's iterating on ARMS. And like every update is uh a, a new character, a new stage. Um, and then, like some like little quality of life things, you know, they've improved like the the lobbies and like stuff for multiplayer. And there's that sort of like in game achievement system um, with badges.
1: Um, and they have that party crash, mode. yeah, yeah, the you know, party like, just, like things like that. Well, Especially because, we, and we've talked about before that these, it feels like they're releasing these updates at an increased pace. Like the yeah. last three months, Arms has. Seen a lot of updates that yeah. it didn't really see in the first, I guess, like three or four months of its life.
0: Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see like numbers on like active users on ARMS. Um, just because you know, obviously it, it draws fewer eyes than uh Mario and Zelda and Mario Kart and, and even Splatoon. Splatoon. Um, but like the game is getting fuller and richer and more robust every month. Uh, so. Like, it's, it's one that I think people were probably sleeping on when it came out. I know it sold over a million copies, um, but, like, I don't know. I think it's, it's slowly getting itself to, a, a like, a respectable place, um, and I wonder if Nintendo will ever, um, like, print a copy of it that has all of these, like, new versions just on it um, so people can, uh, can play that, like, a, a brand-new game with a ton of features.
1: There have been rumors the past week of a Burnout Paradise remaster coming from EA. Mm. Uh, There was a supposedly like a classification or rating in Brazil for uh, a remaster of this game on PS4, Xbox One, and a Switch version. Mm. Uh, So we've like, everybody's obviously been burned by retailer and rating listings before. And EA doesn't really do the remaster game. You know, that's like yeah. uh, not a part of their business model, weirdly, actually, to me. But if this were to happen, I would be incredibly interested because Burnout Paradise is the one burnout game that I have played. I know it's not necessarily the a fan favorite yeah, b- uh, burnout game, but I have so many good memories of just like hanging out at a friend's house, cruising around like Paradise or whatever it was called. <laughs> And uh, you know, like crashing and going into crash slow mo mode, and I don't know. I would, I would, I would totally, I would totally buy this.
0: Um, it would also suggest uh, a little bit more EA attention on um, the on the Switch, which so far it's been pretty limited. And like they they've made comments where they're like still not totally sure that they want to support. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the only
1: thing they've released is FIFA and then next year we're getting what is that game called? Fe? Yeah, which seems to it, which Fe? is like a uh, um uh like an indie game essentially. Yeah, I mean it's it's being it's, published r- it's by from one of their
0: um like smaller internal studios, yeah.
1: And then finally, hardware company Hyperkin is making a pupper controller attachment for your Nintendo Switch Joy-Con. Uh you'll probably remember that when the Joy-Con and the Joy-Con grip were first revealed, everybody was Saying how much it looked like a dog, mm-hmm. Hyperkin is finally tapping into that untapped market. That's right. Uh, and so the the thing is, it's it's a, a Joy-Con
0: charge grip, right? So it's the the kind that charges your controller, um and it's a little bit wider and kind of it like angles out. So instead of being like that, the Joy Cons are parallel with each other. They're sort of like slanted in towards the top, um, and then it comes with stickers that you can put on the uh, grip itself. To give it, like, a little puppy dog face. One of the stickers has a bone in its mouth. It's all very cute.
1: <laughs> uh, it's available for, like, 30 bucks on Amazon. But really, what price can you put on happiness?
0: I mean, that's what you'll pay for a charge grip anyway. Oh, yeah. Great point. Yeah. And the, the grip that came with your system does not charge your Joy-Cons. So...
1: What what do you, what's matter, mark? No, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I was just I was contemplating the uh, ramifications of such a thing.
0: You you were just thinking right now, uh-oh, do I need to buy one of these things? <laughs> Look, it's a it's it's a puppy. You can't you can't pet the dogs in Breath of the Wild, even though uh fu- Fujibayashi knows you want to. Uh, so you can you can pet a, a dog that is your uh, switch controller and that's just as good. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. And that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We would love if you would rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. And really, uh, thank you sincerely to everyone who has um, done that already. Um, It does wonders for our discoverability when we get um, reviews on um, Apple Podcasts. Helps a lot. Um, And if you have any questions for us or would like us to talk about anything, you can Shoot or you us. want
1: Patrick's copy of Sonic Forces.
0: Yeah, if you want my copy of Sonic Forces that is still in the mix, you can have it for as long as you want. Uh, you can just uh, shoot us an email at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter. We are at Nin Cart Society. Check out the Facebook page, which of course is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like Mark opinions, we write about comic books on ReconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can check out more of his music by going to Ape at or by listening Listening right now from my co-host Mark Mitchell this is Patrick Ellers assuring you we will always let you pet the dog and thanks for listening That's a creative podcast network.